team, this is Danielle, and welcome to another episode of the 40-something and interning podcast. On this episode, we're um, doing things a little different. We have a guest who's pursuing her DTR, so everyone, please meet Zaya. Hello, um, my name is Zaya. I'm 22. Um, I'm a nutrition student right now, and I study at MATC, so yeah. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so I know your background has been pretty, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it. It's been pretty colorful. So do you want to take us back a couple of years to explain how we got to where you are today? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, in summary, I, uh, I started getting interested in nutrition when I was uh, 15, probably around 2016. Um, I graduated in 2017, um, and then when I graduated, I found out about dietetics and nutrition um, as a major. And, you know, it's kind of hard to find certain programs, especially uh, graduating from Tennessee. So mm-hmm. I ended up going to Purdue University. Um, I was there for about two years. Uh, I learned a lot there. And then um, the pandemic came and, you know, it's it's really shaken up a lot of things for people. So, yeah, we, um, it kind of shifted my circumstances. So I took that time to learn different things, get some work experience. Um, I had like little side hustles, like I sold teas and baked goods um, and waitressed when I could. And now mm-hmm. I um, I go to MATC. So I'm in Wisconsin uh, studying for my DTR. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a, a, a quick summary. Okay. What is MATC? Um, so that's Milwaukee area technical college, um, for anybody out there that's listening and you're interested in getting your DTR, they have a pretty solid, uh, two-year program there. Okay. And how far are you in to the program now? I actually start in January, but I'm, was having a discussion with my advisor because during my time off from school, I've gotten mm-hmm. several different certifications from food management to alcohol and allergen safety. And so we were trying to determine if that could kind of eliminate certain classes for me. Um, okay. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. So you were, you were at Purdue for two years. And then you, you know, of course, during the pandemic, we're doing a little side hustling with teas and baked goods. You've done some work in food service, and then you're picking up at the tech school um, to complete your DTR. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So what classes have you taken so far? Oh, well, actually, I'm sorry. You said you started, you will start in January. Yep. So what... Um, is up for that first semester what courses will you be taking just some basic uh, I know they wanted to do biology um, previously I had already done like chemistry anatomy and physiology psychology things like that so right now it's kind of just seeing which classes will still apply for me okay I know like the beginners like uh, nutrition and society ethics um going into the more detailed nutrition classes, I think that's what's more on the focus for me right now. Okay. And so they will be accepting some of your um, credits from Purdue for those classes that you took? Yeah. um, Some of my credits have transferred over. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that process is. I kind Mm -hmm. of asked my advisor about it and she was able to find some information. Um, But luckily for me, I I think a couple of them will be able to transfer over specifically biology. 
Okay, nice. And out of curiosity, I can't say, I've seen some attention being given to it um, on the Academy site, and I think at this year's Fancy, but DTR, what is pulling you that route, and what do you see for yourself in the future with that credential? Personally, I am more of an entrepreneurial type person. I, I'm really big with business. I believe that um, kind of getting that that registration in two years will be beneficial for me to kind of start with my business plans. Um, and it kind of opens up the door too, because if you're looking to go further, then you you know it looks good for you for colleges if you're going to like the four years. Um, mm-hmm. it's easier to go back onto that fast track. Um, and then I, as we had kind of previously discussed a little bit, they did change the standard, uh, my freshman year at the end of my freshman year, they, they made us aware that the standards for dietetics is changing. So the draw to me is like, well, I could get this degree and look around, see how I feel about actually working in this field. And if it's something that's for me, then I have the option to continue to pursue my education. Um, And it's something that if I don't end up, you know, really liking the clinical aspects or something I don't really know how I feel about later, then it's not like I had to put a whole four or six years into it, you know? Yeah, that's true. That that does allow for some flexibility and to give you an opportunity to immerse yourself in the field to see if it's what you're interested in. So what do you think about, this is a topic of conversation (laughs) on my timeline, definitely on social media is the um, the mandate to get a master's degree. What do you think about that in your pursuit in nutrition and dietetics? Um, I feel like it's something that I could see how it could be necessary, you know, because truth be told, you know, other physicians do have a, a higher requirement for education. Mm-hmm. Doctors have to go to med school. Um, and, and those specialty uh, programs. So I, I could see the draw there, you know, as physicians, but as a, as a student, you know, there's also the talk of affordability. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that uh, your master's doesn't have to be necessarily nutrition related. It just has mm-hmm. to be a master's degree kind of makes me personally question why it's being implemented, um, you know, as far as demanding that necessary es- education. But the last thing I really think about that is, you know, I could see how it could be beneficial in some ways, but ultimately I'm a little bit uh, skeptical as how that could make the field itself accessible for other people. You know, not everyone could necessarily afford a master's degree or have the time to put into it, you know? Yeah, that student loan debt is not a joke right now. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's hitting most of us having to pay it back. So um, and that topic alone came up in one of the sessions um, during Fancy in the chat box was talking about like inclusivity and um, diversifying the field and how people feel like mandating the master's degree will keep it from becoming more diverse. So what is your opinion on the shifting standards in dietetics and the challenges that it may bring to new prospects? And then also, how do you uh, feel about dietetics um, becoming more ex- um, inclusive and diverse? Honestly, dietetics itself really needs more diversity. Um, and just in my own personal life, I remember when I first started uh, studying nutrition and I had actually became a vegetarian. The mm-hmm. 
Americans, you know, from my friends, my family, from different people in society, it actually showed me how the average person is kind of ignorant to some degree on what they're actually consuming. And we all start out that way. You know, you don't come into the world knowing like, oh, that kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? Nobody just comes out knowing that. And then you brought up um, different professions requiring advanced degrees. I'm curious do you believe that nutritionists and dietitians are overlooked in the medical field because we don't um, or the master's degree hasn't been required up to this point? Or just in general, do you feel like what we provide is overlooked in the medical world? I definitely believe so. You know, nutrition has it's, it's kind of a more relatively new science, um, you know, considering that it's been most, mostly developed in the 1900s, to my knowledge. And when you really sit down and look at it, it's kind of one of those things where I think people don't always understand what a dietitian is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my personal struggles was telling my parents, like, cause I was very big into engineering, very, they thought I was going to Purdue for engineering. My whole family did. So when I popped up, <laughs> I'm going to do dietetics. They were like, what is that? Well, you're going to do what? <laughs> like, So, you know, just understanding that a lot of people don't even know what it is. So I don't think that on a societal level, I don't think that it's respected And then from what I've heard from people working in clinical, you know, the pay grade isn't always. Mm -hmm. Um, When I job shadowed uh, certain dietitians, I noticed that the the setup for them to be able to talk to their clients and patients was shifted different than when you go in to talk to a doctor. Mm. Um, Less it was less like an evaluation and more of kind of like a casual conversation. So I think people's perception of what you do um, isn't the same, you know. That's interesting. I think that's one reason that they're really pushing for the nutrition-focused physical exam, because other providers are actually putting their hands on patients to have a full assessment. And and at this point, a lot of us still choose not to, mm-hmm. though they're pushing it. Um, as I provided some uh, of the nutrition-focused physical exam, I feel like the patients that I was working with actually paid more attention to what I had to say. And it could have just been me looking at it from that lens, but speaking to friends and family about it, they seem to agree. So yeah, I think we're undervalued in many settings and I'm hoping that this is will change moving forward. Yeah, I think in the, in the Western sphere overall, it's also the, the shift from you know, taking care of illness and disease to going into preventative care. You know, if we get more of a focus in the preventative aspect of it, then perhaps dietetics could be something people lean on more um, because then they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to go to you just when things go wrong or whenever I'm on a a strict, um, you know, situation. It's more so if I'm I'm going because I want to know more about myself and and what I'm actually doing with my body. Mm Mm-hmm. And you mentioned um, like the Western philosophy when it comes to nutrition. Have you ever worked in like an international setting uh, with nutrition? And if you did, how was that experience? I didn't actually work in too many international settings. Um, I was curious to want to ask you too um, how you felt about like the international nutrition the closest I got to that was uh, some of my classmates being international students. And it was interesting to me the way they talked about 
um, their food and their cultural practices over there. Um, I think the first person, it was a lady, she was Korean. She introduced me to the idea of drinking like hotter water, like Mm -hmm. richer water um, and the differences, like how it it shocks your body less. Um, Things like that, you know, just understanding that people people practice different things all over the world. So what might work for someone here might not be the best advice for them somewhere else. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I would say that like classmates that I went to school with it, especially international classmates, I noticed that we all ate differently. We just consumed things differently. Felt like they're, they weren't necessarily into fast food. They definitely preferred to prepare their foods. I think with them being over here a little bit longer, I saw them eating McDonald's or no, like convenience foods um, as they assimilated into the culture. But when I visited them specifically in the Caribbean, it was just different. I found that the food itself was different. I was eating all types of starchy carbs and uh, oh, it was so flavorful and so good. But I wound up losing weight coming back here. But if I ate those same foods here, I felt like I gained weight. It could have also been the physical activity that I had there. I felt like it was encouraged more. So yeah, it's different everywhere you go. Yeah, most definitely. I actually um, have a friend and her family lives in uh, Mexico. I I forgot which part, but she went down there to visit them. And it's interesting you say that because she actually told me like a very similar thing. She was like, I feel like I ate all day. Mm -hmm. Really, if anything, I actually kind of lost weight. (laughs) Um, we're talking back and forth about you know nutrient density of food Um, like you said activity and Mm -hmm. some they you know people just literally walk more like there's less um, travel time and vehicles so that might be you know a contributing factor yeah so I'm curious you mentioned that you worked um, in food service Mm-hmm. What has that experience been like? And then what do you think about food service being a requirement for dietetics? I think if I had to warn anyone, um, just make sure that if you're if you kind of did like how I did, because I, I worked at a restaurant and I was like, aha, I'm going to just use my restaurant. <laughs> um, make sure you check in with the head of your department because <laughs> the head of my department told me she was like, hey, what you're doing right now, it's great, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily qualify for food service experience, um, which was a little bit of a shock to me. So I had to go back and do adjust some things. But at this point, um, I actually feel like I've covered everything because I worked, I worked at Five Guys. I was a manager there. Um, I worked mm-hmm. at Olive Garden. I worked just at Red Lobster and at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, and then I also worked at Starbucks. And very briefly, I worked at um, Panda Express. you can tell that was a very brief time (laughs) think about it for a second but yeah so with that um combination um I learned about like allergies working at Red Lobster very big thing you know shellfish they also Mm -hmm. you know these companies teach you about the food and how it's prepared for not only your safety but their legal safety so you you have to know being a manager really showed me how to de-escalate conflict Mm because you there's going to be that person you're going to be like, hey, you, you might not be able to eat this. You have bl- high blood pressure and this is contributing to some of the ailments that you're experiencing. And they're, they're going to fight you on that because there's that emotional connection and they're not going to want to hear it. You, no one's going to want to hear you say you have to cut back your favorite food. So 
it kind of teaches you how to de-escalate that conflict, explain something to someone, and then help them find a conclusion that's going to actually benefit both parties, you know, find, find something in the middle. And lastly, what I would have to say about food service is that it kind of teaches you how to have boundaries with yourself while also teaching you about food at the same time. Because working in the working in like the cafeterias, you know, it's, it's set up for students. It's set up for your hours and your availability versus when you're working at a job, it kind of teaches you like, hey, you know, if I go into working in clinicals or working in a different environment, this is what a job is actually going to be like, you know, putting in that availability and having to have coworkers and go through managements and HRs, you know, so it's a good experience, you know. And, you know, it's an experience if you do intend to go for your dietetic internship, all of those experiences will help you on your diecast application for sure. I mean, I don't think anything is too small. I absolutely mention my time as a barista at Starbucks or my time as a server at Cracker Barrel. Like all of those things counted towards something. You know, you had to learn something because you can learn something from different experiences in general. But staying on the topic of the restaurant industry, Do you believe that the restaurant industry wants to promote better health or is it following um, the trend of healthy foods in your experience? I remember being in high school wanting vegan and vegetarian food and you you couldn't find it. You know, Mm -hmm. the last like a couple of years, it's kind of like been an explosion. Now there's plant-based everything, you know, (laughs) having one type of soy milk to like 15 soy milks. Like, so, um, Overall, I think that it's it's a mix of both. I think that there is a public demand for more accessible, healthy options. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, there's there's profit there. Whenever you're appealing to the needs of people and you can do that in a way that's going to sell your products, of course, there's going to be a, um, a corporate need there to be able to say, hey, let's take their interest and turn into profit for us. So it, it's a balancing act there. And... In your experience in food service, as well as your two years at Purdue, what facts about food surprised you when you found out about them? I think the biggest fact about food that surprised me was how if you are deficient in certain nutrients, it can actually um, present itself similarly to being like uh, depressed Mm -hmm. or having anxiety or, you know, just different things that slow you down. Um, I think a lot of people today suffer from certain ailments and and they push it off on other things because it's, you know, that it's kind of like a buzzword. You hear it in so many different areas when in all reality, it's like, man, you just might need a multivitamin, you know, like that kind of situation. Um, So it was interesting for me to see how much it can actually affect a person if you um, aren't meeting all your nutrient needs and then, um, to add on to that, too, another thing that really shocked me was um, learning about the dairy industry. I did a, a big project over that, and now I don't drink milk anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wouldn't suggest that for other people. It works for me, um, but I got—I guess I found out a little bit too much about uh, metastasis in cows, and it freaked me out, so, so I had to kind of cut that off for myself. Uh, dairy. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. A lot of people have very strong opinions about it. But, you know, it's in all preference. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you so, about the, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. 
Oh, no, I was saying, yeah, it's all preference. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, no, I was saying that um, in my clinical rotation so far, I was reviewing um, different studies about the connection of nutrition and microbiome to mental health. So when you were talking about people presenting with depression or anxiety, like there's definitely a link. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely there. It's something that I'm interested in because um, I, I love learning about the, the actual psychology behind nutrition. Like, why do we choose the foods we do? Um, what is the connection there? You know, a lot of people, uh, they might see the emotional or the cultural connection there, but they might not be able to necessarily explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's definitely prevalent and something that shouldn't be overlooked, you know? Okay, nice. So you were talking about things that had your interest or like you're passionate about what in your mind at this point is your plan after your completion um, of your DTR? I have a couple of different options. Main thing that I've been thinking about lately is like, you know, with the DTR, do I want to continue forward? So I've been looking into different, you know, programs that I, I could transfer into after this. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an entrepreneur at heart, so it's kind of given me the resources and I believe it will continue to provide me with the resources to be able to start maybe certain businesses or look into different types of um, investments too. Okay. And how do you want to shake up the nutrition and dietetics field? One of the biggest differences that I hope that I can make for people is understanding that nobody you don't have to fit into a box you don't have to fit into one standard um there's something out there that's going to work for you we just have to find it you know um I love this this one quote from Gladys Knight not Gladys Knight Gladys Jennings (laughs) (laughs) got the music mixed up in there but um she was one of the first um black dietitians and she had actually said that you know we can't In a a short version, she basically said that, you know, we can't just tell people don't eat this. We can't just walk in and say, don't do this. We need to listen to them, Mm -hmm. help them adapt to something that's actually going to work for them so we can put their health as a priority versus what we believe should happen as a priority. Yeah, I think that's something that shifted. I know um, with WIC, I believe it was in 2000. Oh, gosh, I think it was 2010 when they shifted the way that counseling was done between the nutritionist and the client. And it was so awesome because it allowed for like open ended questions and the opportunity to place the the client not at a lower level, like as a teacher student, but more importantly, like on the same level and to is what their concerns were. Like you said, I could go in there and spit facts at you all day, but are you even interested in anything that I'm saying? Like nothing that I'm mentioning is probably associated with a goal that you have. So let's focus on you. It's client focus. Yeah. And and that's a big deal, you know, because in certain communities, they're more predispositioned to things, not necessarily because of their own lifestyle, but because of what's available to them. I, I, I don't know. I, I have a little joke going amongst myself and friends that I, I have beef with vegans. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I had a I used to have a friend who was a vegan and she would just kind of go at me all day saying that veganism was 
the best way. And I honestly, I'm kind of indifferent to all diets. I feel like everything can fit for someone. You know, I'm not a favorite. I don't have a favorite. Mm -hmm. Do what works for me. And I used to tell her, I'm like, I understand where you're coming from. And I'm not saying that veganism can't be a great thing for some people. But where is the sustainability? Because not everyone has the time all day to make certain things from scratch or to be able to seek out certain project products. Um, and in, cer- in some regions, um, you couldn't find a, a vegan restaurant or a vegan product in their grocery stores in, in a 50 mile radius. So, you know, yeah. keep the sustainability in mind no matter what you're promoting, you know. I like that. I mean, those conversations are ongoing all the time. It's almost like you said beef with the vegans is sometimes it depending on the day on social media, it almost feels like you're at war <laughs> because of people's preferences and, and how this is better than that. I really just truly feel like nutrition and dietetics is shifting thankfully to being more individual and more customized because it's definitely not a one size fits all field or I feel like one size fits all um, does a disservice to the professionals that are trying to get this important information out you know Mm -hmm. and most definitely you know at the end of the day if you're getting all your nutrients and you feel you know you're not really lacking in some areas and, and as long as you feel balanced and healthy you know I, I can't tell someone not to eat some um, something I can't tell someone to eat something you can't force people into anything mm-hmm. but I do know that influencing people has made the biggest difference like uh, I, I'd say even in the past couple of years my like I said my family when I first told them I'm being a dietitian and I'm a vegetarian they kind of looked at me like I had three eyes they were like what's going <laughs> on um, and now my dad He's he's very much and he loves vegan food. It's it's hilarious because nice. um, the other day I was like I'm gonna get some chicken tenders. He was like really are you are you sure about that? Because I I just went shopping and got some fresh vegetables in there and I'm like sir are you the same person like look but- at your influence <laughs> on your family. That's what's up. Yeah, and it's it's definitely something I think when people see something works for you then they're like okay then that can't be something so bad you know so it it takes time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I think Jen, that I have for you um, is what advice would you give to students or um, future interns that are um, entering nutrition and dietetics? Even when it comes to studying, it seems like you are into different sciences. Like what advice would you give to students and diet, um, um, excuse me, students and interns? Um don't don't ever pass up on an opportunity that that would be my number one advice if I could give that um because opportunities can come from anywhere you know Mm -hmm. um, my internship from knowing someone and because they're the person who got me connected to my internship um and introduced me to the dietitian I work for today she didn't say uh you told me 10 food facts you you knew what temperature to be able to, you know, the average temperature to serve a hot drink is 152 degrees. She didn't say that. What she did say was that I noticed that you're a hardworking person and you're a person of integrity and you have a great personality. I'd really love to introduce you to someone. Sometimes we get so caught up in I have to be an A student or Mm -hmm. I have to go to the top program. It's not all about that because when you're face-to-face with your clients and when you're face-to-face with your patients, What's going to matter in the end is your knowledge, your experience, and then who you are as a person. 
So don't compromise your integrity or building those social connections in the pursuit of knowledge at the same time. Absolutely. And then a lot of it has to do with the application of that knowledge, not necessarily the fact that you that you got it or that you, you know, scored 100 on a quiz or a test or got an A in a class. It really is a lot about application of the knowledge that you receive as well as relationship building. And I say that often. I was able to secure rotations because of my network and people that I know. A lot of it definitely is more about who you know, not what you know. Exactly. And being able to, you know, to go in a room and just say like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, these days when someone's like, well, who are you? A lot of times, you know, I tell people I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm a nutritionist. I'm an, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an opportunist. I'm a person that I see something. If it aligns with my goals, I'm going to step to it. And you'll have a lot of doors closed in your face. You will have a lot of people turn you away or waste your time or you won't always succeed, but life isn't about always getting the green light. You know, it's about being able to know that each one of those things is a lesson that's going to align you closer to where you need to go. I like that. Thank you for spending time with me today, Zaya. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. And oh, of course. Thank you to everyone listening today. Um, I hope you guys appreciated hearing what I had to say. Um, and I hope to see you guys again. <laughs> so I'm definitely listing your information, like your social media information in the show notes. But I actually didn't ask you the last question. My last question should be, is there anything that we didn't discuss or highlight that you feel you would like to um, use these last few seconds to um, shout out or highlight? Um, you know, just... I, I don't have anything off my the top of my head, but if there's one thing I would say, I would say if you're in doubt about what you might want to know about nutrition, um, look up some of the old nutritionists um, that paved the way, you know, like Gladys Jennings um, or Flimmy Pansy Cottrell. Um, sometimes they leave some pretty inspiring uh, notes, quotes and things. And if you're trying to find a specialty or you just need something to re-inspire you, looking at the people who help out. I love that. Thank you, Zaya. Thank you. I hope you have a great evening. <laughs> Thank you. You too.